Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Brefni Early and you are listening to Kiss My Arts. Today we are coming to you from the Ballroom of Romance in Glenfarren. My dancing partner for the next half hour or so is Niall Speak. Niall, welcome to the programme. Well, thank you again, Brefni, for having me. I have two left feet, so we might leave the dancing for a little bit until <laughs> later on. But it is a pretty appropriate metaphor here in terms of the Ballroom of Romance. It's one of, I suppose, the most notorious dancing venues in the country for the last how many years tell us a bit more about the history well, of the. Well, I suppose like I mean the the ballroom's actually been here and initially since 1934 when a local man John McGivern who was I suppose a man ahead of his time back then actually he was in America for a while and actually came back in 34 and decided to build a hall back then which he actually named McGivern's Dance Hall and funny enough he actually ran the hall itself for about 20 years and in 1954, it actually got so popular that he had to expand it. And the story goes that he actually expanded the hall in 1954, and he was looking for a name. And of course, the locals suggested that there was always a rainbow over the over the building here, so he actually called it the Rainbow Ballroom. But everybody always knows us at the Ballroom of Romance, and I suppose the romance element came because John was a very charismatic figure. He actually used to take the stage at parts of the night and perform what they call the romantic interlude. And what that was, was John actually got on stage, dressed in his full attire, should we say, and he encouraged the men to go over and ask the ladies for a dance, and he would actually observe the dances, and of course the best dancer of the night, he would actually award maybe tickets to the next dancer, some kind of prize, and he did sing a, a few songs as well, and it became then known as the Balm River Romance, because even still to this day, there's claims to be over 200 people that has got married just from meeting in this ballroom. That, that actually, funny enough, on an anecdotal level, that probably sounds even low. Yeah, I do think it's low. I mean, we do get people on a daily basis coming back and they know the ballroom meal or their parents danced here or their grandparents danced here. We've had so many people that came back for weddings just because they're, again, their parents or their grandparents actually met and actually... You know, got married as a result of, I suppose, dancing the night away in, in the ballroom. And you could say it's a bit of a, a, a true Irish love story that, you know, um, man meets woman and then eventually gets married. And it's very much in a day where, I suppose, there was nothing else to do. There was no phones. There was no, I suppose, no televisions. And I suppose, you know, dancing and meeting people and socialising was, was the way to go back then. Of course, Glenfarren itself, as the name would suggest, it's in the middle of a, the North Leitrim Glens. Mm-hmm. There's not, as you said, a lot else to do here, particularly in the 30s, 40s and 50s, when the ballroom is kind of a, an outlet for people to to, to get out and socialise and meet their community and, and people from further afield as well. Because Jimmy's Hall, the movie about Jimmy Galton and his hall in mm-hmm. Efrena near Kirk and Shannon. And this is a very similar time. It's a very similar era that we're talking about. So how much similarity were there between, say, that movie and how that's represented and the real life story here in Glenfarren? I think it's it's a very similar film. We also do have a film based on, of course, The Rainbow as well. It was actually out in the late 70s. Um, it's, of course, it's it's a very famous film that's known all over the world as well. It's based on William Trevor's book, The Balm of Romance. Um, a lot of Irish actors in it. Of course, sadly, it was never filmed in Glen Farm, but it actually got filmed down in Mayo. But it is based on the story here, which is very like Jimmy Grolton's, I suppose, where you're talking about a time where there wasn't really anything to do. I mean, there was no electric, no cars. The only way people could get around was actually bikes. And the stories, obviously, that from the people that come here that were alive in that time, and they talk about all the bikes parked outside. They talk about even in the old hall where they had the axe to go around with oil and light the tilly lamps to, because there was no electricity. And I think it, it was it seemed like a very fun time to be alive because they, they had nothing else to, 
I suppose, occupy their time with. And it was very much a time of socialising and really just being, I suppose, almost like a free spirit in a way, rather than, you know, I suppose, staying on the internet or staying inside doors, you know. So it was kind of a fun time. I want you to remember what you've just described there, because I'm going to come back to that later in the programme. But tell us a little bit about what kind of music people would have danced to here over the years. Oh, wow. I mean, like, over the years, I mean, we had such people here. We had the Clancy Brothers here. Big Tom, of course, would have been... You know, he would have started his career in some here. We had the Clipper Carlton, who were a very famous group back in the day, who actually did start their career. If you talk about even more recent times, a man actually played here one night to 30 people, and that man, of course, is Nathan Carter, which we all know how big he actually is now. But back in the day, you would have had all your Irish waltzes. I mean, I was just talking to you beforehand about some of the posters here. I mean, even the American artists, Glenn Campbell, Foster and Allen played here. Christy Murray, uh, or Christy Moore, Bagatelle, you could go on for, for days about the amount of people that actually took the rainbow stage. But back in the 30s and 40s, what type of music would they have been listening to? Very much Irish waltzes, you know, very much slow dance. It, was, it wasn't like today where you've got your real fast-stepping country music. It was very much a show band scene. I mean, you would have had maybe eight or nine members in the one band and it was all brass. You had your saxophone, your trumpets, everything. It was very much like, if you think of that 1930s, 40s kind of vibe, you know, it, it really, I suppose... In a way, like it would have been really romantic kind of kind of music, you know, to encourage people to dance, and you know, and everybody would have sang along as well. Like, and even in the ballroom here, I mean, I mean, there was nights where you could have thirteen hundred people in here. But not when Nathan Carter was playing; he only got thirty at the time. Well, Nathan started with thirty here, and now we know what kind of superstar he is. And of course, he does have a song that he performed here in twenty eleven, "Dancing at the Rainbow," which was actually wrote for him. But again, you know, obviously he's a big superstar now in, in the eyes of TV and of music, of course. Back in the in the day, 80, 90 years ago, mm-hmm. that would have been, you walk in and the girls on one side and the boys mm-hmm. on the other. Talk us through how that would have worked. Yeah, well, first of all, well, you weren't allowed in the door unless you were well dressed and your shoes shined and you had brill cream in your hair. Okay, I'll just go now. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave. Um, I mean, very much personal appearance very big back then I mean everybody really made an effort to come to the ballroom I mean you would have walked in obviously the ladies would have all been on one side and the men on the other side it was very much like I suppose a, a teenage disco where they're almost afraid of each other but then when the music came on then I mean the stories you hear about a man over going ask the lady to dance and sadly if the lady turned them away he asked the lady beside him and if she turned them away well sadly he was dancing on his own for the night um, but generally when you ask the ladies well which man did you actually prefer to dance with well, they had to be one of three things. One, good looking. Two, smell nice. Or three, have a car. And that was the way, that was how they actually picked some of their men at times. So, I mean, some of the stories you hear, it's just fascinating, you know. And people, when they come back to the ballroom, they transports them back to when, obviously, you know, when they were obviously that but younger, should we say, and, you know, and taking the floor and just, just memories, you know. Like, and, I mean, it's something that no phone or no internet can ever, can ever replace as, as a memory in your head, which is quite a, a fantastic thing, you know. Let's go back to the more recent past mm-hmm. and maybe some of those names that you mentioned, the Big Toms, Nathan Carter, mm-hmm. and that whole generation or two in between those two artists. Mm-hmm. What have been some of the absolute highlights here in the Rainbow over the years? I mean, of course. You're too young to remember most of them, to well, be fair. That's but, it. But, yeah. but from being around the museum, you you know the, the big ones. I mean, obviously, Big Tom, Philomena Begley. I mean, I think Big Tom around these parts, especially, he was so loved around here. And the general, I suppose, the feeling when everybody comes in, it's the first person that they recognize. 
you know, you don't understand how big a superstar he actually was until everybody's coming in and they're hearing his songs. And it doesn't matter if they're on a CD or anything, they'll just dance to him. And I think he was the one, really, that, you know, kind of shot the place to fame, in a way. Like, and I mean, he probably would have been one of the big names that played here, but one of the names that always got a crowd, no matter what night he would have been here, whether it be a Monday night, Wednesday night. Some of the posters we have, I mean, Big Tom performing at a nurse's dance or a Garda Sakana dance, you know, they're just things that, you know, don't happen these days. But even at that, I mean, the crowds... I mean, the stories you would have heard that would have been like sardines in a tin, you know, at times getting in just to hear the likes of Big Tom or someone like that perform. I mean, the atmosphere must have been electric and the heat must have been a bit crazy as well. So, I mean, again, like, as I said, you could go on for weeks about the stories you could actually hear in this place. And, of course, back then, there was no bar like we have today. They actually had a mineral bar. And back then, obviously, you weren't allowed alcohol in the vicinity at all. You actually had to go outside into what I was described was a little shed to actually get, I suppose, your Cokes or your 7-Ups and all they did was cigarettes along with that. So it was, it was quite quite interesting how times have changed as well. How was that police though? Was there someone at the door stopping <laughs> you bringing in a... They weren't like today where they hide them in various yeah, I outfits. Yeah, they, they probably came a bit tanked up to be honest with you and then ready for the ballroom, but I mean... Well, that hasn't really changed, let's again, be honest. like, you know, you're talking years ago where health and safety and policing was a lot different and... Again, like everything was a wee bit more free reign today with obviously so much health and safety and the likes of security and stuff. But back then, you know, it was, again, you're talking about a different time, but I would say a lot of them had maybe a few jars or so to get the Dutch courage, as we say, to ask a lady to dance before they came. <laughs> in terms of what's going on in the ballroom at the moment, what does the modern programme in the Ballroom of Romance look like? Wow, I mean, like in terms of like for, especially at the end of the year, there's a lot of events coming up in terms of fundraising events and a lot of bigger acts. The plan's really now coming to the end of the year for next year to really take it to the next level. I mean, obviously, we've got a full team on board here now that are a fantastic team. And next year is really, I think we're going to make a stamp obviously on I suppose the dance scene and really get a lot of you know bigger action and a nice variety as well not just obviously sticking to like maybe you know like your Michael Englishes your Nathan Carters Derek Ryan's but really trying to bring in some nice Irish stuff as well you know um, it's it's definitely something we're, we're on is on the cards for us and as well we're, we're actually doing a serious amount of work on our show band exhibition we're very proud to actually have a show band exhibition here and it's one of the things that, thankfully, in, in the past couple of weeks, we've actually been doing a lot, a lot of work on. We can hear a little bit in the background here with a few of the drills and stuff. Tell us about the the exhibition as people would know mm-hmm. it and maybe the, some of the new advancements that are coming in and, and how they're happening. Yeah, so the exhibition, I suppose, for years, you know, it was collected by a local man here, Jerry Finneran, and, you know, without him, this stuff wouldn't actually survive. I don't know where he gets half the stuff, but he just accumulates it. And I think before, it was actually almost just like an archive where there was a lot of stuff just based on the one area. But now we're taking it a step more and we're actually making a full-on exhibition museum. And one of the elements that we're actually creating to obviously get people more involved and sort of transport them back to that time is a digital element. As I was explaining, we're actually having all new storyboards within the exhibition all new display cabinets so we're able to actually display more of the items that we actually have because we have so many items of show band memorabilia 
but as well we're actually going to have digitalized screens so a lot of that actually includes like listening booths so all our old records that basically are old vinyl records that you can't actually buy anymore some of them are one-offs we're going to put them in the digital format and you can listen to them we're going to have sensors around the actual exhibition so there'll be somebody guiding you through the exhibition and just telling you stories and you know what it's going to it's going to take it to to where it should be and and for the the visitors to come it's going to be a fantastic experience that all sounds exceptional but sounds very expensive how have you managed to fund that kind of development here yeah well thankfully you know before i came on board here i mean the the people here obviously um they all know who they are and the volunteers that are involved in the ballroom they've done so much work i mean the work effort that they put into this place it wouldn't be standing without them and thankfully part of that work was actually applying for funding and we actually did thankfully last year um received um a notification that we were actually granted town and village funding through obviously Leitrim County Council and Leitrim Tourism and that is to actually try and I suppose take the museum or the exhibition to the level that it should be that it's really Falcha Ireland standards you know and I think when this work is done it's going to be fantastic you know people will be stopping off I mean it is it was only in one little room in in our upstairs and they were actually expanded to three rooms and the reason is we've seen nearly 8,000 visitors since January which for us, and I suppose rural Glenfarnham, having people stopping off to see this exhibition is amazing. You know, it really is. 8,000 people sounds like a lot of people. Spread over mm-hmm. uh, 10 months, effectively, yeah. it's about 800 people, 200 people a week, mm-hmm. 800 a month. It's it's a big number for a small town. Like, is there even 800 people in Glenfarnham? I wouldn't no, think so. I mean, I think if we were talking about the population the other day, because we have a bit of a heritage segment downstairs talking about obviously other people that were very famous in Glenfarnham over the years. And I think the population of Glenfarnham in the early 1900s was over 2,500. And I think there might only be 600 in Glenfarnham now, if you, uh, roughly, um, from talking to people. But it's just the amount of people stopping by. I mean, we do get a lot of people from the north and in a skilling direction because we're so close to the border. And obviously, we're right on the main road as well. So many people stop off. And I think if we had a euro for everybody that stopped off and took a picture outside, we'd probably be millionaires at this stage. Um, but it's great, you know, that we stop off and the doors are open. I mean, our doors are always open to anybody. And anybody can just come in. And it kind of takes a lot of people by surprise. They don't expect what they expect inside. And they think that it's just a small little communal hall, but it's so much more with the history and the stories and the way it looks. I mean, it's it's definitely so much more than what it looks from the outside. It's funny. I spent a bit of time in the, the US and there's one town that I passed through when I was on my travels that uh, really made an impact on me. And it was Winslow, Arizona. And I'll give you bonus points if you can tell me why. Uh, famous for country music? No, not quite. Famous for being referenced in an Eagle song, okay. Take It Easy. So standing on a corner yeah. in Winslow, Arizona. And it's on Route 66, which in itself is a huge um, attraction for people to travel mm-hmm. that road. But it's a town of about a thousand people. It's a bit bigger than Glenfern, but probably not much more in terms of population. It's, it's just, it's not, there's nothing really going on in the town except for this one standing on a corner park which they have converted really of one song lyric it's not even a full song it's Mm -hmm. just that one lyric and they've built it as the song describes it but it attracts three and a half thousand people a day to just come and get their photograph taken and they buy a little trinket or they buy a meal or they buy a can of coke or whatever it might be on their road trip Mm -hmm. but it it's basically how the whole town supports itself is just this one thing they've latched onto and i think in a town like glenfarren where 
let's be honest, there isn't a whole pile of attractions here at the moment. I know there's work going in in terms of a greenway going through the town, mm -hmm. which will be huge. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are other opportunities like the, I actually visited Glenfern Woods here in the forest. It's it's a phenomenal attraction on the, the shores of the lake and there's so much that could be done here. And this is possibly the first start because once you have something like this, it will it will attract people in and that attracts business, that attracts more people, it attracts more population. Mm -hmm. And it just it's a, a rising tide that could carry all sh ships in the northwest and the north of the county. It is. I mean, obviously we have a few I suppose things that are fascinating beside us as well. And hopefully with us doing the work here we can actually get people here and promote other areas within North Leitrim as well I mean obviously nine kilometres over the road we have the Sean McDermott Centre the Heritage Centre which the guys do fantastic work over there and the cottage as well and again being those rural areas we kind of all have to work together to promote the whole area which is something that we're I would hope that we're obviously trying to do and obviously try and lead the way on that if we're getting buses and constant people into us that we're sending them to the pub over the road or the shop or you know the centre over there or encouraging them to stay locally as well so it's something I think will have a knock-on effect for everybody that if we're ultimately trying to grab everybody into this area that we're actually helping the region as well as such to promote tourism all over the local areas. In terms of attractions to the local area, let's talk about some of the upcoming events and attractions that are going to be happening maybe between, say, now and Christmas. What's ha playing in the ballroom over the next two or three months? Yeah, no worries. Well, thankfully, October, is, um, obviously, there's a few, I suppose, little things going on, but November is when it really kicks in. I suppose the first one, November, for us, um, actually starts on the 3rd of November. We actually have a, a memorial tractor run here. Um, so it's all for a good cause. It's all for Macmillan Cancer Support. There's going to be obviously a pig on the spit on the day there's going to be a cake seal there's going to be raffles and of course a man who's very well known in the ballroom here uh paul kelly of course he's well known around the area and um, paul's actually going to be on a leading tractor and he's going to be obviously taking off and guiding the tractors around a route so it's going to be a really fun day for everybody involved and it is obviously in it is a memorial tractor run so all the funds raised go to a very good cause as well so that's actually happened on the 3rd of november from 12 p.m yeah macmillan and also to the northwest hospice as well so yeah. uh, very good local charities too um that one quite looks quite interesting i wouldn't big into the tractors myself <laughs> but at the same time i think i had my first tractor run earlier this year up in uh, kilty clotter mm -hmm. uh for the stony woods festival yeah. and uh different but fun at the same time different but fun you know and that's that's something that we're trying to get here you know we're trying to obviously try a bit of everything so that we obviously as i said before our doors open to everyone anybody that comes with us with an idea um, obviously we're more than welcome to see if, if it can be achieved however crazy it may sound I mean we've had weddings here with tractors and hay bales outside so um, so yeah I mean we're, we're keen to obviously take on new projects and obviously this is a very good cause as well I mean and it's something that you know a lot of people in the area a lot of people over the region might be affected by so it's again it's for a really good cause and we're more than happy to help out wherever we can well this is a nice opportunity for me to bring back that thing I asked you to remember which was how a night was like in the 1930s mm -hmm. and you talked about how people had to go around and light the paraffin lamps mm -hmm. and stuff why don't you do a night like that because enough, I think it, that I think that will be a huge attraction. I know Edwina Guckian down in uh, in Efrina runs a drive a dance at the crossroads mm -hmm. night on, on Midsummer's evening, and I think I think I definitely would travel from the other end of the county yeah. for a night 
back in the 1930s, you know? It is something, you know, that funny enough you ask that, that we were thinking about as of last week. It's obviously our, our time at the moment. We have so much going on that we have to prioritise the work as well. But it is something that was suggested and it is possibly on the card. We just need to figure out, obviously, health and safety and, and fire hazards and everything <laughs> with uh, with running around with uh, oil and paraffin lamps. But, I mean, if it can be done and if it's something that people are interested in, then yes, we will do it. Like, I think it. I think it's your uh, Valentine's <laughs> night uh, event for 2020. I think it, it'll be I mean, absolutely fantastic. You could be right. And uh, again... The Paula Romerantz, Valentine's Day. It's a fantastic Day. idea. And, you know, and I think that sometimes the maddest ideas or even the quirkiest or even something a little out of the box is, is a good thing to do. Um, I really do think. And hopefully now that we have this idea that it can be achieved at some stage well I'm in I'm buying the first ticket that's all I'm going to say in terms of the future for the ballroom Mm. obviously it's been here what 85 years over 80 years yeah in terms of where you're going to go from here the the new the new exhibition Mm -hmm. opens shortly when what's the the plan what's the timeline on that uh well again like the exhibition all the refurbishments ideally should be finished within the next two to three weeks and all the new digital screens so that's the kind of time frame we're going on um a lot of stuff is and at the moment um new lighting everything i mean it's it's starting to really look fantastic and i think in terms of like an exhibition in maybe like the northwest or even in leitrim it it will absolutely be state-of-the-art and i encourage anybody to come up and see it and i suppose you know the thing is as well to try and get i suppose younger visitors and you know in the museum as well because Sometimes when there's a lot of text or maybe they don't understand the story, you know, they, they might not, they might just want to leave. But with that interactive experience and playing around with things, they can see how maybe their grandparents or their parents, you know, would have, would have went to these dances. Um, I mean, we've so much play with it, with digitalized tourism at the minute. I mean, it's, the technology is just fantastic. I mean, and what you can do with it and to immerse yourself in the actual, I suppose the actual error of the time is, is unbelievable. What are the, the the long-term plans for the place? How sustainable is the ballroom going forward? I think it's very sustainable. I mean, we have massive plans even for the year going ahead. We're not just thinking on the exhibition and thinking that that's our go-to and end-to. We're also thinking about the centre as a whole and possibly, you know, for, I mean, the, the rental and, and turn it into, I suppose, a state-of-the-art area where people can use like this community facility i mean we are busy at the moment with it being used as a community facility but we still need to do a lot more upgrades and as well we're we're really pushing into the wedding market um people are constantly um, looking to get married here so it's something that we have to cope with demand as well and basically take it up to that that level where it should be that it's a real stunning wedding venue it is obviously a stunning wedding venue at the minute but there's so much more we can do to enhance it and that's what it's all about actually enhancing it for the people coming in and then i suppose the the end plans then would eventually be to extend it and create more i suppose more space to do more things you know because we've so much we've so much room to work with up here yeah, I absolutely love it up here. I know we've been up here a few times with you for various events here, there and everywhere around the around the area. And thank you so much for your continued support of the show. It's greatly appreciated. But thank you for taking the time to show us around mm-hmm. and to uh, welcome us in and sit down and have a conversation with us. Niall Speak, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you again. Of course, this is Kiss My Arts here on Leitrim Daily. And my name is Breffney Early. And thank you for joining us for the last half hour or so as we took a little step back in time and took a little dance around the 
floor at the Ballroom of Romance in Glenfarad. The Rainbow Ballroom of Romance. I better get that in because uh, Niall might give out to me if I don't. So the Rainbow Ballroom of Romance here and it is a lovely day out. The new exhibition opens very shortly so keep an eye on uh, I suppose us and also on the, the local media in terms of when that will be and I'm sure you'll be hearing all about the new museum and the extended museum here at the ballroom. Thank you so much for listening to us. I'll be back tomorrow with the roundup of the weekend sports action. Talk to you then.